This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For over a year, cities and states around the country have been competing to be the home of Amazon's second headquarters and potentially get 50,000 new well-paying jobs. Yesterday, the internet giant announced that it was splitting its HQ2 and setting them up in Long Island City, which is in the in the Queens section of New York City, as well as Crystal City, Virginia, which is a few miles outside of Washington, D.C. Now, Nashville, Tennessee came in third place, and it's getting a new Amazon office of excellence that will add another 5,000 jobs to that area. So what do these cities do to attract the business? And was this competition, as some are complaining, just a stunt by Amazon? Susan Wachter, who's a professor of real estate and finance here at the Wharton School, joins us on the phone. She is also co-director of the Penn Institute for Urban Research. And also joining us, Billy Riggs, who's an assistant professor at the University of San Francisco School of Management. Susan, Billy, thank you for your time today. Pleasure to be with you. Thank you both. Uh, So Amazon making these choices in the HQ2, and Susan, many believed originally that it was going to be one place that was going to get get this business. So what has been your reaction to seeing this split and, I guess, the addition of Nashville in the mix as well? I think it's a brilliant move on the part of Amazon. The problem with Amazon expanding is the problem with Amazon Seattle, that wherever it goes, it's going to have a major impact raising housing prices and therefore making it unaffordable and hard to get tech employees to get to the jobs, the new jobs. And it's all about the new tech jobs. By splitting it, they have access to two markets, and they will, have, they will not nearly have the affordable impact in the, these two neighborhoods. They also have chosen two geographies which have capacity to build. Billy, your thoughts? Well, I, I would agree completely. The, um, the the two markets that were chosen are the most uh, the markets with the most surplus and the most able to absorb the number of jobs that are putting out there. Um, I think the the key questions are, um, you know, what the communities are having to to give up to to attract those jobs, and is that too much? Does it does it is a longer term detriment? And you know, I think there's been a lot of speculation that the the runner ups may be the the big winners in this situation. Well, and then off of that uh, point, Billy, uh, I've seen some estimates saying that the the tax breaks, the incentives, were upwards of of two billion dollars, maybe even a little bit higher. So, if we're hearing economic impact or at least investment by Amazon of five billion dollars, and that was the original estimate when it was only going to be one, I don't know how much these cities are are actually gaining. But then again, are they losing that much? Well, I think that you know, I don't. I don't think that they're gaining much over that cachet. I mean, I think um, in looking at some of the data and tracking this over the long term, this is less than one percent uh, of the total number of jobs in these regions. So it doesn't make a transformative impact in these areas. The, the big transformation, I think, like what Susan was saying, is really uh, for Amazon. Uh, the the cachet they get in these locations. Uh, I think the question is, is 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 really a statewide issue I'm in the state of New York. Um, does this siphon funds away from from upper state New York in terms of some of the investments that will have to be made in the immediate uh, Queens neighborhood as well as kind of does that mean? We lost Billy. We will get back to Billy in just a second. Susan, give us your thoughts on that as well. Well, I'm not as um, negative as Billy sounds about the potential uh, for the cities themselves and the gains. I think that the 
yes, there's incentives, and yes, uh, both cities have paid out. And yes, the uh, runners-up in some sense may have won, but you know it's not wrong to say the runners-up won and the cities won, because the runners-up were the wrong places. These are good places because there is capacity, and it will be transformational for Crystal City. Crystal right. City is, uh, and also for the Queens area, the, the warehouse neighborhood, these are disinvested, uh, underutilized, and yet both of them within extremely dynamic markets and the center of New York City and, of course, Washington, D.C. This will increase the draw and the power of both New York and, uh, for, and Washington, D.C. It's a net win. That's right. not to say that there are negatives. There are negatives. Billy is uh, back with us. Billy, go ahead and finish up your comments. Oh, no. I mean, you know, I just thinking, I was saying that the, you know, the, the financial trade-offs, are, in my mind, are some of the questions is that are, are there other parts of the states, uh, particularly Virginia and New York, uh, that end up suffering because of the investments that end up going into these, these areas? And, and those are trade-offs that um, citizens and policymakers are going to have to make. So I think it's not inconsistent with what Susan just said, that this is a, this is a big coup for, um, for both these locations. Um, and it's a, it's a win for the other cities that didn't get this as well. I mean, the, the profile of every one of these cities um, for investment, um, and that's the, you know, the 230 cities that actually competed, um, really changed. So um, it, it changed our dialogue on economic development in the U.S. Uh, so even though I think it's been seen as a big PR stunt by, by Amazon, um, I think what it did is it started a different conversation on urban renewal and uh, economic development. Well, and Susan, the, the urban renewal part of it is something that has been going on in, in cities around the United States. We see it here in Philadelphia in uh, parts, especially down by the Navy Yard. Uh, so, I mean, I don't think it's a surprise that Amazon wanted to look at at a location that had this kind of, of flavor to it. Uh, and I guess from what I understand that, that the building that, or the complex that they're going into in the Queens neighborhood is one that needs to be developed out. But I guess there's also space where Citibank may be moving out, and that is helping Amazon move into one of the buildings there as well. Right. And besides, uh, it's not just where they're building. It's where the people who are going to get the jobs are going to be locating. And that's going to be throughout uh, the Queens area. And that's where there's a, there is no doubt going to be a house price impact. You know, of all of the areas surrounding New York City, which has had an incredible run-up in house prices, which is now, in fact, leveling off, it's the Queens area where we haven't seen that incredible potential. Brooklyn has taken off. Jersey City, not New York, taken off. Uh, but what about Queens? Right. So this is quite interesting, quite incredible, actually, that through this process, uh, they found the needle in the haystack. After all, of course, the whole United States, Queens, Crystal City, City are two needles, but they are, in fact, powerful, potential places, and Amazon's going to bring the tech jobs to make them powerful. This is the beginning of the development of both these areas. That's why there's rightly great excitement on the part of uh, the um, National Landing, the newly named neighborhood of Crystal City, yeah. and also Queens. Again, uh, there are consequences for affordable housing. That needs to be taken into consideration, and 
steps need to be taken to protect affordable housing well, now. And, and the other component about the, 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 the pay rate that people are going to be getting with a lot of these jobs, I saw in one story that part of the deal with Virginia was the agreement that X number of jobs were going to be paying 100000 or 150000 a year or more, which I think you expect in, in a tech company to a degree. But the fact that that was part of the agreement to make sure that people did have a salary. Now, that being said, if you think about these two areas, living in New York City is not cheap. And I would think living in that part of Virginia is not cheap as well, Susan. True. So they're going to need to build new housing, market rate housing for $150,000 employees. And that's going to happen in Crystal City and it's going to happen in Queens. There's room to build up. I think one of the under the radar screen uh, moves that is critical for Amazon here is that uh, they're going to have as of right building rights to create new developments in uh, in Queens, which um, the city council isn't going to be able to weigh in on. That's major. Uh, I think your earlier point about the jobs being $150,000, which is what they're saying on average, is another piece of this, because part of the negative is, yes, these companies are expanding. Yes, we're expanding uh, in urban cities, but these are we're expanding low-income jobs with no future. Right. The key to the future for Amazon and the key to the future for these cities is creating high-skilled tech employees for the future. A good sign is that in Queens, there will be a new school area for a new school, and there will be a tech incubator. Those are good signs that Amazon gets it. Go back for a second for those people that, that don't follow it closely. You mentioned about the building rights that Amazon will have in New York City. Take us into what that exactly will mean and, and the the potential impact. Well, that that is the, the key to um, the development problems throughout the United States. Uh, it's the time it takes to get buildings in the ground and get them up, and uh, could be de- it could be a decade before a project gets approved. That is a no-go for Amazon. They need to be, in 2019, they're going to start shovel-ready, start build- building, and another year or two, they're going to need to have jobs there. So the fact that there isn't going to be a veto on the part of development, part of, on the part of city council, is a political amazing win. And yeah. it, it required the agreement of Mayor de Blasio and Governor Cuomo. This is probably the first thing they've agreed on, I don't know, <laughs> de- ever, maybe? I don't know, <laughs> certainly for years. Billy, how important will that be in your mind, and as well the component of, of the pay rate of some of these jobs? Well, I think uh, I'll say two things. I think it's important to keep in mind one factor that that was embedded in in much of what Susan just said is um, uh, both of these areas are either um, existing very transportation rich. So we can't think about them as one municipality. We have to think about them as regional um, employment centers. Um, And particularly the the New York location is very well connected and is becoming more connected. And I think that's the same. We're seeing the same thing in the Virginia case where um, there's there's pledged, I think, about 295, maybe even more, uh, a million dollars in funding towards transportation projects. So, uh, first off, you can buffer some of the the local housing impacts um, by actually considering the, the regional, um, you know, job housing uh, relationship, and that relationship being formed by a backbone of, of rail and other forms of transportation. But at the same time, I think you have to you do have to consider. Um, <clears throat> housing production in these locations, and I think that's what exactly was referred to. Mm-hmm. Um, the the buy right building, um, you know, regulations, or um, you know, what was being referred to as easing the project approval process at the at the local level, 
is a slippery slope. Um, and the, the, what I'd say about that is that, you know, that what that does is it takes uh, the voice away from some of the people that may not be hitting that $150,000 threshold. Um, and, you know, in many of our communities, particularly where I reside and, and where I'm a professor here in the San Francisco Bay Area, we've seen a, a large tech lash or a large backlash to, um, you know, tech employees coming in, making a fairly decent wage, maybe right. not uh, as much as people think, and, you know, them commanding a certain type of housing. But um, that actually precludes people maybe that be maybe lifelong residents, maybe that want to move there that aren't in tech. So I think that that really calls for um, more of a local dialogue, not less of a local dialogue. Yeah. Um, so I do think that's a little bit of a slippery slope we have to be careful about. We're joined here on the phone by Susan Wachter, the University of Pennsylvania, Billy Riggs of the University of San Francisco. You're listening to Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 132, business radio powered by the Wharton School downloading in our Philadelphia studios. We're talking about Amazon and the decision by Amazon to split their HQ2, sending part of the operation to New York City into the uh, Queensboro neighborhood of Long Island City and also Crystal City, Virginia, uh, which is just outside of Washington, D.C. Your comments, 844 Wharton 844-942-7866 or again on Twitter at BizRadio132 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. Susan, then when you look at the other 18 cities in this in this process, or actually 17, we'll get to Nashville in just a second. What you have both said that that maybe they won by not winning this thing, but what do they realistically gain in the process of having gone through this? Because the the idea of pitching to Amazon, they all pitched to different companies, but this one felt a little bit different than the norm. Well, in Philadelphia, of course, there's disappointment that Philadelphia is not one of the chosen. But on the other hand, there is a new uh, consortium that's come together to focus on the combined needs of providing good jobs and providing affordable housing. So I think that that might have happened, but it certainly was spurred on by this uh, beauty contest. I think that we in Philadelphia feel as though we have won from this and that there will be new focus on good jobs, good housing, and infrastructure. Billy was absolutely right. What what I think was the winning uh, ticket for both uh, New York and Queens and for Crystal City is they are incredibly networked, not only by metro stations and, and uh, subway in both cases, but also by access to airports, national airports. Yeah. These are global companies. And there's even going to be a walking bridge, I understand, between Crystal City and, 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 and national airport. So this is a uh, need for infrastructure is a plague for all our cities, and this newly focuses on what needs to be done going forward for job growth. There's no end of creativity in America. There's no end of potential productivity, but we need to bring together the folks, including the advocates for affordable housing, to make this happen. Billy, your thoughts? Uh, you know, and I love that Susan's so positive, it's, um, and, and I agree that, you know, with the ingenuity, and, and I I take it down to like um, two of the proposals that I thought were really intriguing were um, Detroit and uh, Indianapolis, which um, they're they're what my what an ex girlfriend used to say flyover states. Um, and in you know I believe what 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 happened was we saw cities like Detroit come and say, hey, we're open for business. Um, here are our bones, and here are the opportunities that that can be made. 
Um, and at the end of the day, um, they're inviting themselves to become a new cluster and a new cluster for a different type of job. Maybe what we call a green collar job right. uh, is something that is, is, in, is a blend of manufacturing and high tech. And so I do think it's, it's they're well positioned for the next great opportunity and to create, um, to facilitate agglomeration of a different kind. So I, I think the good part is a lot of these cities are, are teed up uh, for the next level investment. And, and that very well, as we saw with Nashville, could be Amazon. Well, and let's t- touch on on uh, Nashville for a second, Billy, because that one was the one I think that caught a, a lot of people off guard. Not that it, you know Nashville is obviously a city that is growing quickly. Uh, there is a, a, a lot of uh, interest in people going to Nashville on vacation uh, these days. So uh, it, it's not a surprise that that Nashville got something out of this deal, was it? Oh no, you know I I grew up in 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 Louisville, Kentucky, and that that whole Nashville to Chicago spine is ripe for investment. Uh, we've talked for years about the brain drain from Kentucky, Indiana, uh, Illinois, Ohio, and I think that what we're seeing now is a, is perhaps a resurgence uh, of interest in those locations where we there's cheap housing you can afford to live, and there's also a huge talent pool in, in that spine everywhere from. Um, from Chicago all the way down to Nashville. So I think, and, and uh, you know, there's a reason why Indiana is called the crossroads of America. It's a logistics haven. So I think that this is this is not a um, this is not a, a this is a very sophisticated move by Amazon. Um, they can actually have a, a little more diversity of jobs there. They can have uh, uh, mid-level jobs or mid-range, mid-wage jobs as well as higher-wage jobs. Um, and so I think we'll you know be prepared to see more investment in this kind of this I-65 corridor there. Susan, your thoughts? Yes, I think that's exactly right. The It's not the end of the game. It's the um, beginning in some ways because the Amazon investment is going to draw other investments, particularly in the Nashville area where there is uh, so much uh, land and, and talent available, uh, particularly rail logistics, given its location. So then are we going to be entering, Susan, kind of a new era uh, for businesses uh, of these types of opportunities coming forward? And we've seen this to a degree with – uh, you know, with other companies, especially South Carolina, which has done a pretty good job of of attracting uh, corporations coming in there, thinking about Boeing and the plant that they have down there, and other automakers. Are we headed into kind of a, a, a the next phase of this type of process? Well, I think the Amazon uh, move was, uh, uh, in some ways, brilliant for the company because what it allowed is a company that did not know America, after all, it's a Seattle company, to quickly learn. And you know, on someone else's ticket, actually, uh, about all the options. I, it, it had its downsides, though, also, because they also got what we might call the Amazon effect. We got an actual backlash before, before they came, before the win, on many communities saying, we don't want Amazon. It's going to raise the cost of housing. It's going to increase congestion. And I think part of the reason they were so mindful of where they chose is I think these are areas where there's going to be less of a backlash, particularly Crystal City is not really where there's a community in place. So I think they're very mindful of the negative impact they can have on their community, exactly what's happened in Seattle where uh, they were hostage and, in fact, they have themselves caused rises to their own uh, rise in housing prices. Um, So I think this is what's new, I think, uh, that companies across that are that are bringing a huge number of jobs will have to be very mindful of the negatives they bring with them uh, that's I think now been revealed by this process Billy your thoughts 
Well, I think this is this really reveals one of the things that Amazon hasn't capitalized on the past, which is having a policy presence. Um, and as we look and yeah. see that, you know, that the recent um, dialogue about the the, the basically the headcount uh, tax in Seattle was one of the first times that they, that they had ever weighed into the policy realm or rated in where as other companies, whether or not it be Microsoft or Boeing, had really had a presence there. And I think that's something we're seeing across the tech sector um, where um, the pivot to being regulated, but also having a dialogue about what type of regulation is appropriate um, is an increasing um, trend. And I think it's, you know, we're going to see a lot more growth in the policy side and the, you know, whether or not we call it lobbying or not is is, is fairly irrelevant because what it, we're doing is we're um, maybe co-evolving how public sector and the private sector uh, work together to spur innovation. And so we're going to see growth sector-wide, you know, in that area. I, I think a lot of people, if you look at these two cities, were least surprised, Billy, about the Washington, D.C. component, Arlington, Virginia, because of that specific point alone and the fact that Jeff Bezos uh, obviously owns the Washington Post as well. Yeah, apparently he has a big house there, too. But, um, uh, you know, exactly right. I mean, with everything we've seen uh, with regulation of social media over the, over the last uh, six to 12 months, and increasing that dialogue about the relationship that we have with uh, new and disruptive uh, technology, um, we are going to see more um, desire to actually have a presence in our nation's capital. And I think that's that is there is no surprise with that. That was a, a very safe and, and a very smart uh, location decision. Susan, your thoughts? Yes, I think that uh, most countries, the capital is the largest city by far. It's um, the primate city, the magnet city. I think, despite the fact that Washington, D.C. has been growing faster than any other city in the um, East Coast recently, and it's slowing down somewhat now, it's, it's just beginning. Washington has room to go because exactly what Billy was pointing out, for these large companies that are so impacted by regulation, they need to have a presence where the dialogue on regulation is occurring. But the other point is equally important, which is a new point, which is that... Uh, local government matters tremendously to these companies. Right. They have to be on the right side of that. They can't impose their own will for their own good. They must figure out the win-win for the for the city in which they are going to be living out their company's lives as well as for the people in the community. And, and, I think that's new. And how much, though, do, does the local city, especially in the case of Crystal City, how much of a role do they play in this process? Because obviously you're talking about this having to be a process that goes from the from the the, the government in Crystal City all the way up to the governor's office uh, in, in the state of Virginia. Yeah, it's complicated. That's the nature of the U.S. federal system. It's the local, yeah. it's the county, it's the state, it's uh, in Washington, D.C., it's the federal. So when all players play together for the good of all, it's actually a beautiful thing to see, even though there's always going to be trade-offs. Uh, but I think comp- this is new for companies, how to uh, be a, be a um, partner in this manif- manifold government relationship. And I think Amazon has shown us uh, a new uh, new sophistication about this, new realization, and where they have chosen. I think that this will uh, make a difference for how companies think about localities going forward. Great to have you both with us today. Thank you for your insight, Susan. Billy, thank you as well. 
Absolutely. Thank you Thank so much. You. Thank you. Susan Wachter from here at the University of Pennsylvania and the Penn Institute for Urban Research. Billy Riggs from the University of San Francisco and their School of Management. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.